morning, church. How are you? Looking a little short-handed up here, aren't we? Well, if you all would, stand up and sing with us. We're going to get started with some Christmas songs. If you want to wave to anybody, say hi. I know that we've got some friends on our heart right now that we wish were here. So we'll just think about them as we're singing. from the time that you're born that Jesus is not God, the Bible's corrupted, and to follow Jesus is to commit blasphemy and you're gonna be turned away from your family. 
that's a whole nother task. And so we're going to the tip of the spear because we're getting to people that have only heard lies of Jesus. They've heard his name, but they've been told lies about him and to reject and to not listen. What we do, it's very hard. It takes a lot of time and a lot of sacrifice on a lot of areas. But when you see someone get it, when you see them come from darkness to light, and they literally know that their life is forever changed, and no matter what persecution or whatever happens, that they're with Christ, that they're His for eternity, that's worth it. God sees the bigger picture, or maybe someone in our work sees one or two Muslims come to Christ after three or four years, but God takes those two or three snowballs. We've seen Muslims hear the gospel and, and be baptized and follow and be strong lights. Christ says to pray for the Lord of the harvest because the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Then Jesus tells them, now go. I think don't people, they kind of stop it. We're going to pray for the workers but then Jesus said, yeah, you're going to pray for workers, but go. Revelation is guaranteeing us as well as saying, hey, all people will have representatives before the throne. We want to see Southern Baptists love Jesus, love his word, and give sacrificially to Lottie Moon Christmas offering so that the gospel can go to the ends of the earth and even specifically to the large Muslim groups like I work with. Good morning, Burlington Baptist Church. You know, um, this week, Harold and I and Jonathan were in my office, and we had the opportunity to um, FaceTime Kyle and Molly in Indonesia. And it's awesome and it's overwhelming when you sit there and think of the sacrifice that God has called them to make on behalf of making sure that people know the word of Christ around the world. And they shared with us this week that they've now moved into their focus city where they're going to be, which is hours away from where they used to be. And it was funny because the joy that is in their heart and on their face is unbelievable. And here in the next couple of weeks, you're going to be able to see that because they're going to be producing a video for us to show. And I think the IMB has done a wonderful job and when you sit there and you think about how we impact um, the international missions that goes on around the world, it's overwhelming, and it's only through God that that's possible. One of the things that Kyle and Molly shared that really moved our hearts this week was the fact that when they got there, one of their team members on the ground led a Muslim family to Jesus Christ. And you just heard in this video what it takes to do that. And there are brothers and sisters, the same children under the same God, and they're just continually reaching out and telling them how much Jesus Christ loved them and gave a sacrifice for them. And this video is spot on because it talks exactly about the fact that it doesn't matter where they're coming from, but they're important to God and we have a job to do. So on behalf of of the church staff, but more on behalf of Kyle and Molly, I want to say thank you because we've made a commitment, um, not only through the Christmas offering and this goal that we're going to meet, 
but through this year that we're going to be supporting their ministry in the years ahead as they're working. And that's the least that we can do over on this side. Because no matter what we do this year, we are truly blessed and we need to remember that and focus on that and make sure that God's word is being spread. That being said, I just give a hearty welcome to everyone. A Merry Christmas to my, those that might be watching online, those that are in the sanctuary. We're just so happy that you joined with us for worship today. We're excited about it. And we know that we've got, I won't, I did tell you downstairs, I got to say it, because Danny's probably watching this. And a whole lot better looking worship leader this week. There you go, Danny, I got you. But no, we're just so blessed because we have a wonderful praise team that can just keep the ball rolling uh, no matter what comes up. And just, uh, we're, we're praying for you today. And you guys were awesome in that first song. And we're so excited about the fact that you're leading this today. If you're a guest in the church today with us, don't hesitate to stop back in our foyer, in our welcome desk, and give us a chance to meet you personally, especially if you're a first-time guest. It's just a pleasure to have you join with us for worship. If you're online, and this might be your first time watching Burlington Baptist Church, drop us a message, maybe give us a contact email so we can just reach out to you personally. But in this Christmas season, we just want to be able to join together, whether we can be together in the house or even online. We're just so blessed because God's given us that opportunity. Now, as we get ready for worship today, just a couple of things. Um, if there happens to be anything that you need in this uh, service and you just need to go through those doors, we have wonderful greeters that can point you in the direction, take care of you in, in a mighty way. But we're just here to serve you. And also today, as we're in the house we're going to take a moment right now and do our collection, our offering, um, just giving back the gifts that God blesses us with. So as we get ready for this time of offering, you can uh, put it in the box on your way out today. If you're in the sanctuary, if you're online, or even if you're in here, you can do it online. We just encourage you to keep that connection with God and help us fulfill the ministry that he's called us all to, not just the people that are on staff here, but each and every one of you our ministers called into God's work. So uh, may, take that opportunity to do that. So I'm going to ask that you just join with me for a word of prayer today. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence in this place. And we feel it, and we feel it through not only the words that were just shared in a video, but because we know two individuals that are working for you on the other side of the world. And we just ask you to bless them. And Father, as we gather in this place today, we don't take for granted the mission that you've called us on. And Christmas reminds of that because it was the first mission trip that you took yourself by sending your son Jesus Christ in this world to save a bunch of sinners. And we're so thankful for it. So today, as we continue in the time of worship, I ask that you continue to bless the praise team as they do such a wonderful job in leading us today and in letting us um, speak just sing praises to you for the work that you've already done and the work that you're going to do. We ask you to be with Harold and the words that he's going to share today, the ones that you've laid on his heart. Just let those penetrate us and let us become uh, that much stronger as servants for you. And Father, most of all, we ask that you allow your spirit to just move among this place and change us in an awesome and mighty way during this Christmas season. Let us see through your eyes, especially the world that we live in. Father, we love you and adore you. And we take this time now, Father, just to give a little bit back to you. 
And we pray all these things in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.
How about another Christmas song? Y'all want to stand and sing with us? Like I said, we're a little lonely up here, so we would love to hear your voices. Thank you, Praise Team. Welcome this morning. Good to see you. We're in our Christmas series called Reclaiming Christmas, and we're talking about what Christ accomplished through His coming. 
And uh, so far we've talked about redemption. The, that's a marketplace term. We were slaves and, and Christ come to redeem us. Last week we talked about propitiation. Hope you used that a little bit this week in your uh, talking with others. That's kind of a pagan religious term, temple sacrifice term. And uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more this morning. And this morning we're going to talk about Christ came to provide justification for sinners. And that's a legal term. And uh, we'll talk about that this morning. I'm going to be in Romans chapter 3. And I'll invite you to turn there. We'll look at verses 23 through 26. And uh, I'll just invite you to go ahead and stand, if you will, if you find your place. Let me mention a couple things. Uh, last year, the Sunday before Christmas, we, we had a, what we called an in-gathering offering. And uh, we let everybody bring their Lottie Moon offering down. And, and if you wanted to, pray. Uh, I don't guess we can do that. But maybe we'll get a manger out there next week. And, uh, man, we got this go of 20000 and uh, And so just give... Uh, if you haven't given yet, maybe next week you can kind of give a Christmas offering to our missionaries for the sake of the gospel. Uh, Jenny and I always enjoy that day to give together. Let me mention this. Uh, we're making, obviously, plans for 2021. And uh, part of the plans next year is really to kind of raise the bar a little bit in discipleship. And uh, we're going to start with our men. And uh, we got some really cool uh, men discipleship opportunities. Brad's been working on that. Uh, we'll share more about that uh, right at the beginning of January. Uh, but we want the men to, to get ready for that. And then we started this year with uh, Who's Your One? And uh, we identified lots of ones that we're praying for. And I just, we're just a couple weeks left uh, in December. And so if you uh, get an opportunity, uh, talk to your one about the Lord, continue to pray. Uh, listen, we want them to be saved. And, uh, and so don't forget about your ones. Continue to, to pray and, and share Christ with them. Uh, but let's look at Romans 3, beginning in verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time, so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank You today for Your Word. And, and this passage is so rich, because it shows us what You did for us in Christ, that You were patient with us in your divine forbearance, you had a way to be able to pass over our sins and, and to be just and the justifier. And, and we know that Jesus did all that for us on the cross. I pray we could see that clearly today. And Lord, I know the more that we see uh, the ramifications of what you did for us on the cross, the more we'll love you and serve you. And, and Lord, maybe for some, maybe uh, you'll turn on the light bulb today and they'll understand why you came and what you accomplished on the cross, that salvation is available now. Lord, we want to, to see that, understand that. And, and Lord, amidst all the distractions, and uh, we lift up one another. We pray for those who are even now battling uh, COVID, uh, dealing with loss, dealing with sickness and discouragement and uh, cancer and, and just, other, just all the stuff that's going on. We, we pray for one another. May you give endurance comfort, strength. <clears throat> for those that are listening at home, I, I pray for them as well today. I pray your encouragement for them and I pray that, uh, that we'll all be able to, to hear your word. Your spirit will do your work and we'll praise you for that. 
And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. And uh, you know, the worst part of this whole sermon is right there in verse 23. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And uh, we have that in common. Uh, we're sinners. And we sin by nature. Uh, we had this nature that was began with Adam and it was passed down to each one of us. We have a sin nature. Uh, and, and not only that, but we sin by choice. We, we decide to go against God's uh, word and, and we try to do it our way sometimes. And, and so we're sinners and we know that sin has consequences. And so in this series, we've been reminded that we are and we were uh, if you're saved, you can say were. We were enslaved to sin and to Satan. And, and we were living under the wrath of God. And so we've talked about our bondage to sin. We've talked about the wrath of God against sin. God has a holy wrath against sin. And, uh, and so at Christmas, we celebrate the fact that Jesus came to our rescue. And so we have, uh, you know, we go back to Jesus' birth and the angel said to Joseph in uh, Matthew 1, 20 and 21, Joseph, the son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She's not been unfaithful. Uh, God is at work in her life. The Holy Spirit has come upon her. She will bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. We're the sinners Jesus came to save us from our sins. And so when we have a passage like uh, Romans 3.23, For all have sinned, we realize that we're the sinners. But then we get the good news of the gospel, and the gospel good news is that Jesus came to save sinners. Paul said in, in 1 Timothy 1.15, This saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Paul says, you can take this to the bank, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And Paul said, I'm the foremost, or I'm the chiefest of sinners. But Jesus came to, to save the worst of sinners. So then we get to verse 24, and are justified by His grace as a gift. We're justified by His grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And so I want us to begin by contemplating or comprehending the impact of Christ's coming. Comprehend the impact of Christ's coming. And so we come to Christmas and we sing about uh, the coming of Christ. We come to Easter, we sing about the, uh, the cross and the resurrection of Christ. Uh, so last week we said that Jesus came to die, uh, to pay for our sins. And so uh, we celebrate His life, but we realize that He came with the purpose, and that purpose was to die. And so uh, three particular reasons why Christ's coming is so important, and uh, we've already talked about two of them. First of all, redemption was provided. Notice that in verse 24. Through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. And again, redemption has to do with payment of a price, a, a ransom. Uh, uh, Jesus paid a ransom to purchase us and to liberate us. We were slaves. He bought our freedom and liberated us. And the ransom that Jesus paid to redeem us was His life. Ephesians 1.7, we'll look at this more next week. But in Him, Jesus, we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. And so, uh, redemption was provided. Verse 25, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood. We talked about this last week, but propitiation was provided. And propitiation means that Jesus bore the wrath of God against sin. God's righteous wrath was appeased or, or satisfied 
by the sacrifice of his son Jesus on the cross. And again, we dealt with that last week. You can go back and listen to, uh, to a message about propitiation. But what we see in these verses is that redemption was provided, propitiation was provided, and this morning justification for sinners. So verse 24 again, we're justified by the grace as a gift. And so justification was provided. Justification is one of the most frequently used words in the New Testament. It's the pivotal ideal in the doctrine of salvation. Uh, justification. Uh, so redemption has to do with the marketplace. Uh, we were slaves on the slave block. Jesus purchased us. Propitiation has to do again with kind of pagan religions. Uh, but justification is a legal term that comes from the law courts. And uh, the word describes the act of a judge in acquitting an accused person. And so back to verse 23, we're sinners and, and Satan would want to accuse us of our sin. And yet the judge is able to issue a verdict and the verdict that the judge issues is not guilty. John Calvin said that uh, justification is the main hinge on which salvation turns. That's pretty important. Martin Luther said justification is the master and prince, the Lord, the ruler, the judge over all kinds of doctrines. And he's pretty high on justification. Thomas Watson, the Puritan pastor, said justification is the very hinge and pillar of Christianity. An error about justification is dangerous, like a defect in a foundation. Justification by Christ is a spring of the water of life. And so listen, church, justification is one of the great doctrines of the Bible. It is the doctrine that was at the heart of the Protestant Reformation. It's the doctrine that separates Protestant from Catholic. It's the doctrine that separates a work salvation from a grace salvation. It's the, the doctrine that, that separates uh, what I do for salvation from who I trust for salvation. Now, justification reminds us that this is the work of Jesus. Leon Moore said justification is a legal term indicating the process of declaring righteous. And so if you want a simple def definition, simple justification means to be declared righteous in Christ in our standing before God. That means that when we're saved, God looks at us and he sees us in the righteousness of his son, Jesus. And church, that's good news justification is the opposite of condemnation so romans 8 1 there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus there's no condemnation because we've been justified we've been declared righteous now, two important words in justification one is acquitting and the other is declaring and so we're acquitted we're announced not guilty and it goes further than that we are declared righteous so no longer not only are we not guilty but we're righteous and we're not acquitted because we're innocent no verse 23 says we're sinners we're not acquitted because of our own righteousness because we don't have any we are acquitted and declared righteous on the grounds of our faith in christ's sacrifice on the cross now, some have taken the word justification, and to try to remember what it means, uh, they've said, just as if I've never sinned. Th that's kind of easy to remember. Justification, just as if I've never sinned. And, and it is, it is uh, it's helpful. Uh, it might be a, a little oversimplified, because we have sinned, but yet God sees us as if we had never sinned. 
So I was reading some Chuck Swindoll this week about justification, and he had some really good examples. And so uh, I was thinking about when I was uh, a freshman at uh, Eastern Kentucky University, uh, I had grown up uh, working in tobacco, cutting tobacco, hanging tobacco, doing all the things with tobacco. And uh, I went to college, and my first semester was a roommate from my hometown, and he worked in tobacco more than me. Well, as soon as we get up there, he goes out and finds us jobs in tobacco. And I'm like, dude... But anyway, he drove me out there, and, and so uh, we'd go, we'd cut tobacco, we'd hang tobacco, and tobacco is dirty, especially if you're hanging and you're on the lower area, and all this dirt's coming, and you're sweating. And, but anyway, we, we would go back to campus, and we couldn't park at the dorm because all the spots, so we had to park at the, like the football st- stadium and walk, and we walking across campus dirty. Dirty, dirty. You know what I'm talking about, dirty, dirty? And people's like, you know, prep people with the shorts, all this, and, and uh, we're dirty. And, uh, and so we go straight to the shire, we come out, and uh, if I went back to my room and, and looked in the mirror, I, I could say, man, just, uh, man I'm, I'm just as if I was never dirty. But, but that's kind of an understatement. It undermines the power of that soap and the water. It would be more appropriate to come back and look in the mirror and say, man, I was filthy dirty, and now I'm clean. And so it's not just, it's not just as if I've never sinned because I had sinned. I, I'm a sinner. All have sinned. It's more like I was a filthy sinner and Jesus died for me and he made me clean. And the emphasis back on the power of Jesus to do that. And God no longer sees us as a sinner that we were, but he sees us as if we had obeyed his law perfectly, which is what Christ did. And so we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. Now, why would God acquit us and declare us righteous? Well, let's quickly look at that. The cause of our justification, verse 24, is the grace of God. It says it, and we're justified by His grace as a gift. Now, back to verse 10 of chapter 3, there's none righteous, no, not one. None of us are righteous. Uh, no one can declare himself righteous. No one can declare themselves right with God. And so how can we be right with God? How is salvation possible? Well, it's possible only if God does all the work for us. And that's exactly what grace is. It's God giving us what we don't deserve. What we deserve is condemnation. And what we get is justification. We're declared righteous. Now notice Paul's emphasis, justified by His grace as a gift. Or some translations, freely by His grace. And so let me ask you this morning, have you received the greatest gift ever given? Have you received the grace of God? If not, you should before you leave today. Then the core or the ground of our justification is the blood of Christ. Notice verse 25. Whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood. Uh, the, the grounds, the, the core of our justification is His blood. And the Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so Jesus had to come and had to shed His blood, give His life. William Cowper, uh, over 200 years ago, lost his mother at the age of six. And uh, he was put in a boarding school. Uh, he was beaten and bullied by the bigger kids uh, just every day. He, he felt terror for his life. By the age of 25, he had twice tried to take his own life. At the age of 25, he was committed to an asylum and put under the care of a man named Dr. Cotton. And uh, Dr. Cotton began to, to talk to, to William about Christ and the Bible and, and faith in Christ. And William, in his agony, would often cry out, My sin, my sin, oh, for some fountain to open for my cleansing. 
eventually William began to open the Bible for comfort and, and uh, especially during these fits of terror. One day he turned to this passage, Romans 3, 24 and 25, about the fact that we're justified by His grace through redemption that's in Christ Jesus, by the propitiation by His blood to be received by faith. And those verses transformed His life. And He understood that it was the blood of Jesus Christ and, and the significance of His blood. And He discovered that the only fountain that could ever wash away His sins was Jesus. And He became a new person in Christ. And He later wrote these words. You're familiar with them. There is a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. And sinners plunged beneath that flood lose all their guilty stains. The fountain of Jesus' blood. We, we draw near to that and, and uh, we lose all of our guilty stains. The dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day. And there have I, as vile as he, washed all my sins away. Ere since by faith I saw the stream, thy flowing wounds supply. Redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. And so let me ask you, have you been washed by the blood of Jesus? It's a fountain. It's just like that water and soap did for my dirt. And the blood of Jesus will do for your sins. And then the channel of our justification or, or the means is, is by faith. Oh man, just see this over and over. Verse 22, we didn't read it, but the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 25, to be received by faith. Verse 26, it was to show His righteousness at the present time so that He might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. So faith is the, is the channel or the means of our salvation. Now let me be careful and clarify something. Faith doesn't save us. Christ saves us. Christ saves us. People say, well, I got faith. Faith in what? Well, I just got faith in faith. That won't do you no good. People say, just keep the faith. That, that, that makes, that's nonsense. Faith must have an object, and the object of saving faith is Jesus Christ. And so look back at verse 22. It's the faith in Jesus Christ. The righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ. It is faith in Jesus that gives us right standing before God. Verse 25, it's the faith, it's, it's the, the blood of Jesus to be received by faith. It's His atoning work that we have faith in. And faith, it says, is a gift of God. Verse 24, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, For by grace you've been saved through faith. It is a gift. What's the gift? Faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest we would boast. And so it's a gift. And not only is faith the means of our justification. Listen, church, it's the only means of justification. We don't add anything to it. We don't jump through a few more hoops. It's through faith in Jesus and Him alone. And so justification is an act of justice. John Stott helps here again. He says, when God justifies sinners, He's not declaring bad people to be good or saying that they're not sinners at all. He is pronouncing them legally righteous. Because he himself in his son has borne the penalty of their law breaking. That's why Paul is able to bring together in a single sentence the concepts of justification, redemption, and propitiation. And so in this passage, we see all those. They're, they're brought together. And, and so I, I, I know this has been a little more technical series during Christmas, but I, I really, I don't know if I'll talk about these again for a long time. I, I really want you to understand how these three concepts come together. And so I want us to contemplate the image of a triangle. 
And we might call this the, the salvation triangle. And uh, I think we got a picture of a triangle up here, maybe. Okay, at the, father, at the top we got God the Father. The left side we got Jesus Christ. On the right side we got Christians. And, and just I, w- I want you to, to notice some things about this. Each side of these triangles represent one of the components, or the, the arrows represent one of the components of, of our salvation. The bottom line represents redemption. Redemption. And we notice Jesus uh, paid the price to redeem us. We were on the slave block. Jesus came, gave his life as our redemption, as our ransom. And so that describes what Jesus did for us. He redeemed us. He shed his blood to, to be in ransom. And so the arrow, if you notice, is from Jesus to, to us because he died as a ransom on the cross. And we're the object of the action. We're the one who receives redemption. We've been bought with the price. And so again, the picture is we're on the slave block and Jesus comes and gives his life to purchase us. The line going up the left is propitiation. Again, we talked about that last week. But it connects Jesus to to God the Father. And uh, it describes what Jesus did in relationship to his Father. The Father's wrath against sin needed to be turned aside. Now, we're unable to appease His wrath because we're sinners. And so God Himself, in the person of Jesus Christ, offered Himself as the propitiation for our sins. He sacrificed Himself for our sin. And so Jesus, who was God, turned the Father's wrath away from us and on Himself and, and that, that, this is the setting of the cross. You remember at the cross, the, there was three hours of darkness. Darkness covered the land, and there were earthquakes, and there were resurrections. And, 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 and Jesus cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He was at the, that moment bearing the, the wrath of God against sin. And so notice the arrow. It is from Jesus to the Father because Jesus is the one who performed the action and the Father is the recipient of the action and His wrath was satisfied or appeased. Yesterday I was listening to a, a podcast by Alistair Begg and I, he, he, he read these words of a, uh, of Child in the Manger by Mary McDonald. Uh, Mary McDonald, she, she was raised, her dad was a farmer, and, and at a young age, she started writing poems and stuff. And, and he, I mean, her dad or mom or preacher, somebody told her some theology because, uh, listen to this, a child in a manger, infant of Mary, outcast and stranger, Lord of us all. Child who inherits all our transgressions, all our demerits upon him fall. That's exactly what Jesus did. Once the most holy child of salvation, gently and lowly lived here below. Now as our glorious, mighty Redeemer, see Him victorious over each foe. She got it right. All of our transgressions, all of our demerits was put upon Him, and He gives to us all of His merits. The line on the, on the right is what we're talking about this, this morning. It's justification, and it connects the Father to, to us. Justification. The arrow is from the Father to us because He is the righteous judge who acquits us and who declares us righteous. He is the one who performs the action, and we're the object. We are justified. How are we justified? Verse 24, by grace. Verse 25, by His blood. Verse 26, Through faith in Jesus. 
And so let me just summarize here. Uh, redemption and propitiation is from the Lord Jesus. He attained our salvation by His sacrifice on the cross. God the Father is the recipient of one action, propitiation, and He's the originator or the author of one action, justification. And church, here's the good news. We're the recipient of two of those actions, redemption, because we've been purchased and liberated, and justification, we've been forgiven and declared righteous. Now let me ask you, what part of that did we contribute? None of it. We're just, we're just sinners. We don't bring anything to the table. In verse 27, we didn't read it. Then what becomes of our boasting? Listen, if you didn't do anything for it, you can't boast about it. And what we see is that God graciously had a plan to save us. And uh, there's no boasting in it. I mean, Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. In Colossians 1.20, And through Him to reconcile to Himself all things. To reconcile to Himself all things. In Christ, He has reconciled Himself to all things, whether earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. And so Jesus came and did it all Himself, brought peace by His blood. And now, Hebrews 7.25, He is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through Him. He is able, because He has paid it all, He is able to save to the uttermost. And so if you're here or you're listening and you say, well, listen, He can't save a sinner like me. Listen, all who come to God through Jesus can be saved. So we talked about the cross and we've talked about a triangle. Let's, let's end with considering the importance of a question mark. You know, I got three questions for you. The first one is this, are you saved? Are you justified? Are you right with God? Have you been justified? Have you been acquitted of your sins? Have you been forgiven? And have you been declared righteous in His sight? Now, I didn't ask you, are you righteous? Have you been declared righteous? And you might say, well, how? How can I, how can I be right with God? That righteousness has to do with being right with God. How can you be right with God? Well, back to the means of our salvation. Verse 22, through faith in Jesus. Verse 26, faith in Jesus. Again, it's the only way. Now you say, what does faith entail? Well, first of all, knowledge. Knowledge of who Jesus is. Uh, who Jesus is and what He did for us. You've you got to know about Jesus. That, that's why we're giving money to send our missionaries because uh, there's no salvation. There's no other name under heaven given among men whereby a man must be saved. They've got to hear. But it's more than hearing. Even the demons believe and tremble. They, they know about Jesus. It's, it's more than knowledge. Secondly, it's acceptance or approval of who Jesus is. He's the eternal Son of God. He, he's the second person of the Trinity. And, and what He did, he, he died on the cross. He was buried. He rose again on the third day. It's acceptance of that. And then finally, it's a personal trust. It's, it's more than just knowing. It's saying that, listen, I personally trust Jesus Christ not myself I personally trust Jesus for the forgiveness of my sins and eternal life with God and the last question maybe the most important one ever ask will you trust Christ today listen God has done everything that needed to be done Jesus bought you by his blood Jesus bore the wrath that you and I deserved. He paid the debt that we owed to the Father. And the Father offers to forgive you and declare you righteous. 
And so will you trust Jesus today? Won't you stand with me and bow your heads? And... Someone wrote these words. When I stand before your throne, dressed in beauty, not my own. When I see you as you art, love you with unsinning heart. Then, Lord, shall I fully know, and only then how much I owe. Father, we come today and we worship you and adore you. And we want to express our love and affection to you today. Lord, we realize that this great plan of salvation was graciously provided for us. Jesus came and bought us, paid our sin debt. All that we owe, He paid. You're willing to receive His sacrifice on our behalf. You're willing to forgive our sins and declare us righteous. And, and what a mystery, and yet what a grace. It's so amazing. And it's offered freely to those who will turn from their sins and believe upon Jesus. And we thank You that you did it all. And we pray for those who have never come personally to be saved. And I pray for them this morning. And, and even this morning as our heads are bowed, if you don't know Christ, but you desire the salvation that He offers, and you want the forgiveness of your sins and eternal life, just, just right now, in, in just the quietness of your heart, just say, Lord Jesus, I, I believe in Jesus. And I believe that you were God and I believe that you came and lived a sinless life. I believe that you went to the cross and, and paid the penalty for my sins. And I believe that you died and rose again. I believe that you provided perfect satisfaction for my sins. And, and I want to receive the gift of salvation. And I turn from my sins and I commit myself to follow you. Save me today. If you prayed something like that in faith, if you meant that with your heart, the Bible says salvation is yours. And we want to take just a few minutes. We want to celebrate your new life in Christ. And, and so we're going to have a time of invitation. And it's just, just an opportunity for you to uh, share your decision in Christ. And let me just say, Jesus wasn't ashamed of you. And, and so don't you be ashamed of him today. If you prayed and uh, asked Jesus to save you, or if you have questions about that, I, I invite you this morning to just step out of your seat and make your way down front. We, I want to answer your questions. Uh, we want to celebrate with you. If the Lord's put some other decision on your heart, we, we invite you to respond this morning as we, we sing to the Lord.
Amen. Thank you, praise team. So good to see you. Uh, if you're missing Danny, Danny uh, went hunting with some guys, and one of the guys tested positive, and so he he doesn't have COVID, but uh, we we didn't want him to put anybody at risk, and so that's that's where he's at today. And we appreciate these guys and the good job they do each week. And thank you for being here. We invite you to go to one of our Bible studies at uh, 9:30. That'd be great. Uh, we have a business meeting tonight at six. If you want to come back for that, and uh, I think that's it. Dollar Club is out there as you leave, and uh, we thank you for giving to that. Thank you for your faithful giving this this year. And uh, again, remember the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Today's the last day of, of particular prayer, uh, but I hope you've watched some of the videos, and uh, I've loved those this week. Uh, but uh, pray for our missionaries, and uh, appreciate our deacons. Again, they'll dismiss you from the back to the front, and uh, uh, be safe. Uh, pray for one another. Uh, lots going on uh, with several people battling cancer, battling COVID, and, uh, and so just uh, let's pray for one another. Uh, let's dismiss in prayer. Father, uh, we are so good, and uh, we want to sing and speak truth, and the truth is you're a gracious God, and uh, we don't deserve anything but condemnation, and, and you give us so much more, and you've given us these promises of eternity, and, and just thank you that uh, you did that for us, and for all eternity, man, we're going to get on our knees and we're going to praise Jesus because he paid for our sins. And help us as your people to go out and to share that good news. Lord, keep us safe. We, we want to, uh, to be safe and we want to be your instruments. And pray for those, uh, again, battling COVID and cancer and going through hard times. And uh, I pray for Danny's dad, Danny, in the hospital as he does his stem cell transplant. We pray that that goes well and... Others that are sick, we lift them up to you, and uh, thank you that you're the great physician, and uh, we just cast all of our cares upon you today, and uh, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.